Peace and blessings. This is Muslims for Peace podcast. You have tuned into Muslims for Peace podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. So he was in the cave on the 27th day of Rajab at age 40 when for the first time Angel Jibra'il visibly appeared to him and he saw the actual figure of Jibra'il. Before that, he would hear the voice of the angels according to some hadiths. They would communicate to him, he had some angels protecting him, some angels instructing him to do good. However, it seems from some traditions that the first time that he actually saw the figure of Jibra'il was in that cave. When he was in the cave, he saw the angel. No, this is 27th day of Rajab. On that day, he received the first verses of the Quran. What was that first verse which he was which he received in the cave? Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. In the name of Allah, the compassionate, the merciful. That's the first verse. Then, Iqra bismi rabbikal Read in the name of your Lord, who has created. According to Ahlul Bayt. These were the first verses that he received from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On the 27th day of Rajab in Ghar Hira. Some have argued that no, this is not the first verse that he received. The first chapter that he received was Surah Al-Fatiha, the opening chapter, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. And their argument is that immediately after the Ba'tha, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa was praying. The next day, the following day, he was seen praying along with Khadija and Imam Ali And obviously any salah needs Fatiha, right, to be valid. So he must have received Surah Al-Fatiha when they saw him praying immediately after this event. That's their argument, but that's not the case. Why? First of all, maybe he received Surah Al-Fatiha the next day in the morning before he started praying. Number two, Initially, Surah Al-Fatiha was not mandatory to read in your salah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made Surah Al-Fatiha part of salah. So the Prophet could have prayed without Surah Al-Fatiha. It was not wajib to pray with Fatiha. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made Fatiha an integral part of salah. So that does not negate this first opinion. Yes, brother. So when did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make Surah Al-Fatiha mandatory? Some historical accounts say after Surah Al-Muddathir, Surah Al-Fatiha was revealed. So we're talking about two or three years after this event, when the Prophet was around 43 years old. Most sources that we have, they state Surah Al-Fatiha was revealed three years after the prophethood of the Prophet, when he was 43 years old. Yes. Yeah, the first few verses, not the entire surah. Five verses of Surah Al-Alaq were revealed, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continued them later. We don't believe the tradition about we're gonna, we're gonna examine that in detail now. So that's the version of Ahlul Bayt. On the 27th day, he received revelation, these few verses. He was very happy, very excited about this mission. Yes, it was a heavy mission, but the Prophet embraced it 
wholeheartedly, with so much tranquility and peace, he carried the message, he went and he informed uh, his wife and Imam Ali peace be upon them and he gave them the good news that Allah has chosen this day to start the Qur'an and to start my mission. So there are some differences as to whether Imam Ali was with him in the cave or not. We do have hadiths from Imam Ali in which he says, I was there when he received the revelation. I did not see, Imam Ali says, I didn't see the angel, but I heard the angel speak to him. The Sunnis don't accept this, they reject that, but we believe that he was with the Prophet in the cave. And remember, we examined before that in the Prophet, he would take Imam Ali with him everywhere. And he would regularly take him to cave Hara. So the Prophet, the first person he informed about this was obviously Khadija, because Imam Ali was already with him. Because their argument is, well, he never informed Imam Ali, so he's not the first person to be a Muslim. It was Khadija or some others that will examine they've claimed. Our answer to that is Imam Ali السلام, during those days he was actually living in the Prophet's house, he would go everywhere with the Prophet and he was with the Messenger of God. He did not see the angel but he heard the angel. So all the Shia agree with this? All the not all the Shia. I don't have an exact percentage but, but the Imam himself in hadith says that. Maybe some Shia it's not clear to them that Imam Ali السلام, is referring to this first incident. Maybe he's speaking in general because remember the Prophet would regularly receive revelation. So maybe Imam Ali is referring to that in general that whenever the Prophet would he receive revelation, I would hear the voice of the angel but I would not see the angel. In any case, this is not something accepted by all Shia. However, we do have some indications that he was with him in the cave. So the Prophet goes so happy, yes brother? That's what we're going to examine right now. So the Shia version of the story is that he was very happy with so much tuma'nina, tranquility and peace. He went and he informed Khadija and she was so happy to hear that. Let's, know, let's now go to the other versions. When you examine some of these other versions, brothers and sisters, you see how oppressed the Prophet is. And until today, Muslims continue oppressing him. You know, we talk about Islamophobia and anti-Prophet claims, it starts here. It started earlier, we examined how Jibra'il supposedly opened the chest of the Prophet and he did that surgery on him when he was little, right? But it doesn't stop here. It seems Jibra'il, according to these schools of thought, has a habit of uh, really harassing the Prophet and scaring him and almost killing him. Let's see these other versions. So what is the version of Bukhari and Muslim? What do they say about Revelation? Bukhari and Muslim, they narrate from Az-Zuhari, from Urwa ibn Zubair, from Aisha. She says that this is how Revelation started. The angel came to the Prophet, he was in Ghar Hira. The angel tells the Prophet, Iqra' read. What does the Prophet reply? I'm not a reader, I can't read. Apparently Jibra'il does not like that answer. What does he do? 
Bukhari says this, right? فَأَخَذَنِي The Prophet says فَأَخَذَنِي فَغَطَّنِي حَتَّى بَلَغَ مِنِّي الْجُهْدِ ثُمَّ أَرْسَلَنِي He took me, he squeezed me, he suffocated me to the point where I almost died. It was so heavy on me, then he let me go. Bukhari says this. First surgery failed, as the brother says. He told him a second time, Iqla, read. The Prophet says, I can't read. So he took him the second time and he suffocated him and he squeezed him for the second time. Then the third time he told him, read. And the Prophet is telling him, I can't read. Then the third time, he tells him, Jibra'il, iqra' bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. Read in the name of your Lord who has created. So after he tells him that, the Prophet is scared, he's shaking, he's traumatized. He runs to his wife Khadija. In fact, yarjifu fu'adu. Bukhari says his heart is trembling, shaking. He went, he met his wife Khadija and he said, cover me, cover me. He was shaking until he calmed down. Then he told Khadija about what happened. Then he told her, I was afraid I was dying. I was afraid for my life. Khadija, she's so concerned about the Prophet. She tells him, Kalla wallah. No, Messenger of God, I swear by God, I don't think God is torturing you because you're such a good man. You help out the poor, you do good things, you, enjoy, you keep ties with your family. You know, there's no reason why God would want to try to kill you. So, this is not what it seems to be. But since you don't know what in the world is going on, and I don't know what's going on. Let's, let me go ask my cousin Waraka ibn Nawfal. He knows a lot about the Bible. Maybe he knows exactly what's happened. So she takes him to Waraka ibn Nawfal and she tells Waraka, he was a sage, a wise man. Oh Waraka, let Muhammad describe to you what he saw. Maybe you can shed some light on what this poor guy is going through. So he tells him exactly what he saw and what happened and the conversation that occurred between him and Jibra'il. Waraka tells him, Oh Muhammad, if that's what you described as being true, if that's what happened to you, then let me tell you something. That creature that was speaking to you, that is one of the greatest angels of God. And you, and that's the same angel who spoke to Musa السلام, who spoke to Isa السلام, And you are a prophet, you have a mission O Muhammad. And your people will try to drive you out of your city, but God will give you victory. And the prophet got even more scared. And he told him, oh, they're, they're gonna try to exile me from my city? He says, yes, and I wish I would be there. I won't have a long life to support you, but if I were there, I would defend you and I would support you. But I will not make it and shortly after Waraka dies. But Waraka didn't become Muslim? So did Waraka become Muslim or not? According to these reports that we have, 
he did not become Muslim. We don't have an authentic report that he became Muslim, even though they claim that the Prophet said, Waraka is in heaven waiting for me. But he heard about the Prophet, he heard about this exchange, supposedly he had to confirm to the Prophet that this is the angel, yet he didn't accept his message, so that tells you something is wrong. So this is the version of Bukhari.